everyone. Uh, Merry Christmas to you. And uh, Merry Christmas if you're joining us via live stream this evening. It's good to see you all here on this uh, frigid Christmas Eve. Uh, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. And we are gathered uh, this evening just to take a moment during the uh, busyness of the holiday season uh, just to pause and reflect and focus on Christ and make much of Him uh, this morning and, and, or excuse me, this evening. Uh, and thinking about how Christ has been given unto the world for the salvation of his people. Uh, traditionally, our, our service will consist of several things, though our time together will be pretty brief uh, this evening. We'll have some uh, singing of Christmas carols and hymns. Uh, we will have a, a short message, and uh, we will conclude our service by uh, singing A Silent Night, and I'll share a little bit more about that later on. And after the service, you are welcome to join us downstairs in the fellowship hall uh, for uh, a buffet of holiday cookies. Uh, now, before uh, the service begins, uh, traditionally during uh, the Advent season, we'll have an Advent devotional, and the intention behind the devotional is just to help us to focus on Christ and just to ready our hearts to, to worship uh, and might make much of Him. And so our devotional actually comes from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 or 7. This is what uh, forms our, the basis of our Advent devotional this evening. And this passage says to us, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. As finite creatures, we have a limited capacity when it comes to shouldering responsibilities. You place too much upon our shoulders, and we will break down eventually. We feel oftentimes the pressure of work, the pressure of family, of maintaining friendships, turning in projects on time, of homework assignments, and many other things. The bandwidth of maintaining constant pressure varies from individual to individual, but it is limited for every person. The verses in Isaiah speak to us concerning someone who shoulders the responsibility and the pressures of carrying an entire government and kingdom, and strikingly, those shoulders belong to a small child. How can a child shoulder any responsibility? A child that's only months old does not even have the strength to keep their head up. How can we expect a child to shoulder an entire kingdom? These questions are to be expected and understandable, and we would have to call Isaiah a liar if you were referring to an ordinary child. However, the child that Isaiah speaks of is no ordinary child, but the child of a living God. The child given unto us is none other than Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Though he was born, he always existed, according to John chapter 1, verse 1. Though he had a human beginning like you and I do, he also had no beginning because he is the eternal God. And because he is the eternal God, made flesh, we can expect that the child given unto us can certainly shoulder his kingdom, not for a limited time, but forever. The kind of kingdom that this child shoulders is a kingdom of peace, righteousness, and justice. In the child's kingdom, he is identified as, and he relates to his people as, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and prince of peace. The child given unto us not only can shoulder such a big burden, but can also walk according to these different roles at the same time perfectly. If you are by faith a citizen of the kingdom that he is now shouldering, rejoice and celebrate him as your king and as your savior and as your Lord. If you're not a citizen, 
adding one more citizen to his kingdom will not make him crumble. He will not cave under the pressure, but his strong shoulders can continue to hold more people. Won't you be one of his citizens? Won't you entrust your life to him? He will keep his kingdom forever, and you as well, if you will believe in him as your king, and he will also relate to you as a wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. So let me pray for us, and we will begin with our our first song this evening. Lord Jesus, we come to worship you. You are the Savior who has been given unto us, and this is good news of great joy. Lord, help us in the brief time we have this evening to focus on Christ, to remember what this gift has accomplished for his people, namely the salvation of their, from their sins. We pray, Lord, that you may be honored and glorified and magnified in our time together. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
John writes in John 1, 9 through 14, the true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but born of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Let's sing a little town of Bethlehem. said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. You may be seated.
Man, our passage this evening is Luke chapter 2, uh, verses 8 through 20. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 8. Feel free to follow along with me if you have a copy of God's Word. If not, the words will be behind me on the screen. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. This is the word of the Lord. Lord, we pray that you might help us to continue to fix our eyes on Christ, to think of him this evening. We thank you, Lord, for giving your Son unto us as our Savior. Help us to draw near to him this evening, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, with the holiday season now here, that also means that the year is about to conclude, and here are some of the biggest headlines of 2022, hybrid and work from home is here to stay, inflation surges around the world, Omicron variant spreads, Russia invades Ukraine, U.S. Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade, Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard, Queen Elizabeth II passes away. Here's one you may not know. World population exceeds 8 billion. Boris Johnson steps down. The Robb Elementary School shooting at Uvalde, Texas. Elon Musk buys Twitter. And last but not least, the slap heard around the world. Some of you have no idea what that's about. Google it. So these are some of the biggest headlines thus far of 2022, and the year is not over yet. And hopefully there aren't any other headlines. If there are any, hopefully they're good ones. Now, as you, as you heard some of these headlines read to you, you might have different reactions to some of them, or to some you might not have any reactions at all. For some, you feel a certain way, but for another person, you might feel very differently about the same headline which leads to a question, what makes a headline important? If it's important to some, does it mean that it should be important to you? If it's important, say, to the Wall Street Journal or to Fox News, does it mean that it should be important to you as well? 
In this passage that we've read this evening, it tells us that there is this angel who proclaims, who's sort of this town crier, who, who heralds this great news, and he says that, that this is good news for all the people, that a Savior has been born. So he comes and he declares his own headline, and that headline is, a Savior is born. And the question is, does it matter to you? Should it matter to you? So let us consider this headline together and determine whether or not this is a message or a headline to be, re- to be believed. Excuse me. Again, the headline is that a Savior has been born. Now we all know that a Savior is a good thing. Right? A Savior is one who is tasked with preservation, someone who, is, who brings deliverance, whether it's from ruin or loss or harm, somebody who comes in when you are in distress, when you are at the brink, and takes you out of that situation and places you in a better position than you were before. Right? A Savior is a good thing. Right? The opposite of a Savior, we might say, is a villain, somebody who does harm or brings harm and intends harm. Now, this headline in the passage tells us that a Savior is born and that it is good news for all the people. And right there in this headline, that tells us then that people need a Savior, which should make the news important. But what determines whether or not the message or the headline is important? Well, let's consider sort of the context of the passage very briefly to see if we can answer the question, is this how important is a message? Should it be important to you? Well, right here in the passage, we see that the people who receive this headline are just a, some, a few individuals, maybe four, maybe a handful, so not very many. So it's a very small audience that receives this headline. Does the size of the audience determine the importance of the message? Not only that, but the ones who receive the headline are shepherds. Now, back, back, back then, at the time of the writing of this letter, shepherds were the lowest of the low class. So if you were to try to list the top ten things you would want to be when you grow up, a shepherd would not be one of them. So then, does social class of the people who receive the message, does that, does that in some way, shape, or form determine the importance of the message? The significance of the message should not be determined by the class of the audience that receives the headline or the size of the audience, but the significance of the content or the headline is determined by the content itself. It is the content that determines how important the headline actually is. But what makes the content important in the first place? Well, some questions we might ask in determining the answer to that question is, well, does the content tell me something that will be for my good, or does it tell me something that will be for my ill? Does the content of this headline require some action on my part, or compel me to do something? Does the content give me information that will help me make better, make better informed decisions? Does the content affect me directly and immediately? And I would argue that the message or the headline in this passage concerns us all directly, and it concerns us immediately. It requires that action be taken, and that it will help determine the decisions that you make, and will be for your good or for your ill, depending on how you receive it. 
right? If you received the headline or the news that you had cancer and you decided to ignore that headline over your life, that doesn't make the headline less important. In fact, it is vitally important. It is important for your life. So ignoring it doesn't make it less relevant for you. And this message, this headline of this Savior being born is a relevant message. It's relevant to all. But you might ask, well, is it actually relevant? Does a 2,000-plus year headline or message really have that much to do with me today? And there were many at the time of the Savior's birth who would have thought similarly. Take, for instance, the religious teachers who would have known the place of the Savior's birth and were even asked by men who came from afar, where would this Savior be born? And they say, well, we'd be born over in this location. But they don't go searching. They don't go to see for themselves. Instead, it seems that they go and do whatever it is that they were doing. According to the Gospel of Matthew, there certainly would have been many people during the time of the Savior's birth and after the Savior's birth who would have considered this headline irrelevant for them. And why is that? Because they all have their own versions of a Savior. I need salvation from this and that. And this Savior who's been born into the world, well, this doesn't fit the picture that I have in my mind of what a Savior does. Therefore, this headline is irrelevant to me. The Romans, right, the people who govern the people of Israel, where the Savior would be born, they would have considered this message irrelevant. Or actually, they might have actually considered it important because they have only one king and one Savior and one emperor, and that is Caesar. And to hear that there is another Savior who has been born would have been a threat to them. And certainly there was a king, King Herod, who saw this Savior's birth as a threat. But good news for the Romans would have been good news in celebration of the king, of the emperor, of the, of, of the Caesar. It is good news of his, of his provision, of his goodness, of his kindness. It would have been good news of in celebration of his birthday. Not good news with regards to this particular Savior who has been born into the world. Certainly many people believe that the angel's headline is an irrelevant message given to an insignificant small group of people about an ordinary event that concerns no one else but the parents of the supposed Savior. And today, you may have the same attitude towards this headline. You might say, well, I'm fine. I don't think I need salvation from anything. I think life is good, life is well. Yes, I have some issues, but I don't think I need a Savior. Or some of you might need salvation from something that you might not consider that this Savior has anything to do with. You might need salvation, perhaps from economic distress or financial ruin, perhaps from some kind of addiction, perhaps from some kind of family situation or troubles at work. I need salvation from a terrible job that I don't like or I need salvation from all the holiday business parties that I have to go to that I don't want to go to. Some are quick to dismiss the headline because they believe that it has no relevance to them. But the passage tells us that this is good news for all the people. It's telling you that it is relevant. 
in another passage in Scripture is consistent with the importance and the relevance of this message and helps us to clarify the significance of this message. In Matthew one twenty one, it tells us that she, that is this virgin who gives birth to this Savior, it says that she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So there it is. This is what this Savior has come into the world to do, to save people from their sins. Sin is failing to walk according to God's command and according to God's righteousness. Sin is a rejection of God's love. Sin is a rejection of God's grace. Sin is a rejection of God's presence. And for those who have not embrace this Savior. Romans 3.10 says, None is righteous, no, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. It tells us that you have no righteousness, that according what, no matter what you think about yourself, how good you are, the Bible says, no, that there is none righteous, that no one measures to the standard of God, that no one understands. No one understands their need for this righteousness. No one understands who this God is in relationship that no one even seeks for God. The Bible goes on to tell us that all will be held accountable for all their deeds and receive a just punishment for each of those deeds, which is being given over to an eternal punishment. There was a man who once walked into an exquisite hotel and immediately went to the bar and restaurant area and sat down, ordered a three-course meal, the finest delicacies. He ordered the best wine in the restaurant. Checks into his room. He spends a few days in the room, orders room service here and there. And finally, at the end of his stay, the bill comes due. He receives the bill. He looks at this bill, and he's astonished, and he's, at the same time, he's distressed. And he's distressed because he can't afford the bill. So he goes and talks to the manager. He says, I'm sorry, I, I can't pay for this. And the manager's astonished. He's surprised. He's like, well, good sir, the bill always comes due. Why did you not count the cost beforehand? What do you think that this man's headline might be? Man checks into, man enters hotel, leaves in handcuffs, cannot pay his debt. It is the content of the message or the content of the headline that determines its significance. And it is significant for all men everywhere who have yet to embrace this Savior that has been given unto all the world. For you see, this Savior who has come and has been born into the world has come into the world to settle debts. And herein we see the great joy of this headline. It is good news of great joy for all the people. It is a message that remains relevant today and remains significant today because nothing has changed. Because as long as there are people who do not believe in this message, in this headline, in this Savior who has been given unto the world, this message will always maintain its relevance and its significance and its importance. And it certainly is and remains important and relevant for everyone who has embraced this Savior as King, but for different reasons. The story of Christmas is, about, is a story about a Savior who has come into the world to settle debts, not only to settle debts, but to make for great headlines. 
earlier this year, I think it was in March, in CNBC, one couple made headline in the news because they were able to pay $52,000 of debt in two years. Right, $52,000 is a lot of money. And to do that in two years is an incredible feat. I mean, can you imagine, and perhaps some of you have felt similarly, to have this debt totally gone, this burden that was once upon your shoulders, you were carrying for years, finally, you're relieved. It's gone. It's no longer there. The freedom that you feel, the happiness that you feel in no longer having that debt hanging over your head. Colossians 2, 13 and 14 says, And you who were once dead in trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. This is what's the Savior. This is what Jesus Christ has come into the world, to cancel this record of debt of sin that stood against us and its legal demands. Now, I understand that you might wish deliverance from many things. Perhaps you have some kind of terminal illness that you seek deliverance from. Perhaps you seek deliverance from some kind of economic situation that you have in your life right now. You have your situations, you have your troubles, your distresses, some of those things that keep you up at night and you seek deliverance. And it's not that God does not care about those things, for he certainly does, for God is a God of compassion and grace and mercy and love. But Christ, our Savior, came into the world to settle your debt of sin to God by taking the debt upon himself and going to the cross and there being nailed to the cross to absorb that debt of sin that we owed unto God. And it is in this way that Jesus Christ changes headlines, changes people from being guilty to being innocent. He changes headlines so that man or woman embraces Christ as Savior, their headline is changed to say something like, set, once set for imprisonment, but now set free through Jesus Christ. The story of Christmas is a story of good news, of great joy for all who embrace it. The content of the message determines its importance. The message will be for your good if you choose to accept it. The content of the message requires you to take action, and that is to believe in Jesus Christ as Savior. The content of the message and its acceptance will determine your decisions, will affect your decisions from here on out. The content of the message deals with you directly and immediately, and it is not to be put off for another time, for you do not know how much time you actually have. As the angel declared on that night to these shepherds, we also declared the same headline to you this evening, a headline of good news, of great joy for all the people, that a Savior has been born who is Christ the Lord, who has come into the world to settle the debt of sin. And that Christ perfectly settles that debt of sin on the cross. So would you embrace this headline today? Would you believe in the content of its message and its relevance? Would you believe in this Savior who's been born into the world 
to settle the debt of sin. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for this great gift that we never could have earned. This great gift that we never could have worked for. We thank you for being so gracious and kind and loving towards us that you would send your son to pay this debt of sin. Help us to worship this debt settler. Help us to embrace him as our king, to worship him as our Lord, to love him as our Savior. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, traditionally we are conclude our services with a, a song, and that is Silent Night. And actually, let me uh, grab my candle over here. The, the idea uh, behind... Uh, so we sing Silent Night, and we do this while holding... Uh, some lit, uh, lit candle, and the idea behind this is that Jesus Christ is the light of the world who's come into the world to light shine in the darkness, and that, the, and that those who believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ, that they also have the light of Jesus in themselves, and that because we have this light of the gospel in us, we go out then into the world to shine as light in the world, the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, uh, in a moment, uh, we will. So what will happen is that, uh, so it'll be myself and one other will be. will go around uh, the aisles, and help light candles for those who are on the outside of the aisles. Uh, so if you would, uh, if your candle is lit, uh, help the person next to you if you would to light their candle. It's important that you do this in a right manner. Don't get sort of uh, acrobatic or crazy with it. Um, you just let the person light their candle. Don't try to light it, light your light candle with them. Uh, so it's just, we just, yeah, I just have to mention that. So um, anyways, so let us, uh, let us proceed. Um,
Amen. Let me read to us this benediction from Revelation chapter 7, verse 9, where it says, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thankful for you and coming to celebrate the birth of Christ this evening. Uh, again, you're welcome to join us down in the fellowship hall uh, for some cookies and Merry Christmas.